It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. This is Alan Condon with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. And I'm thrilled to be joined today by Dr. Mason Kibriai, Medical Director of the Neurosurgery Program at Children's Minnesota. Uh, Mason, before we dive into our discussion today, I'd love to turn the floor over to you to hear a little bit about your role and, of course, your background. Sure, of course. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Mason Kibriai, like you mentioned. Uh, I've uh, been a pediatric neurosurgeon for a little over 10 years now. Uh, before that, obviously, seven-year residency, year fellowship, and then uh, the 10 years in practice at Children's Minnesota. Uh, and I've been the medical director here for about a year and a half. We have one of the largest uh, programs, uh, neurosurgery, pediatric neurosurgery programs in the, uh, in the state, and I'm uh, very proud of uh, the services we, we have to offer our, our patients. Fantastic. So, yeah, well, let's dive right into that exactly. Uh, Children's Minnesota, like you mentioned, opened a, an MRI neurosurgery suite this year. Can you give us a little bit of insight into about that suite and how it's improving patient care? Absolutely. This is a piece of technology that we're really excited about, not just in our department, but really as an institution uh, for our community and, and our patients in the state and in the region as well, too. So we have a uh, one-of-its-kind intraoperative MRI suite. Uh, and uh, the, the idea of an intraoperative MRI suite, even though it's novel, it's been around for um, you know, a few years, but uh, what makes our MRI uh, suite special and uh, the the only one of its kind is that we we have three rooms attached to it. So the MRI uh, stays in a room where we can do diagnostic imaging. So patients come in from outside, they can get imaging of their brain and spinal cord. Uh, and then in the meanwhile, it's attached to two operating suites, altogether about 3,000 square foot uh, rooms. And so uh, we we can do surgeries in these rooms and uh, and get it, and when we're done with the surgery, we can get an MRI before we close. And really, uh, I look at the MRI, and we can have our radiologists look at it as well too. And at the point of uh, treatment, we can look and make sure we've removed all the tumor. For example, if it's a spinal cord tumor, we've removed all the tumor that we wanted to safely removed, and that there's no complication like a post-op blood clot or a hematoma that we need to address. Uh, before we close up, and really, it, uh, it it's it's very exciting to be able to offer, offer this to our to our patients. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a huge, huge, hugely exciting piece of technology. Can you break it down? I guess uh, you, you've touched on kind of the, some of the benefits and advantages there, but how has this really affected your workflow, patient care? Like, what are the biggest advantages? I guess you're seeing uh, for the from the surgeon's aspect in terms of how you're operating in this new MRI surgery suite compared to how you were operating before. Well, I would say, you know, in 2023, to get the best outcomes for patients in any field, especially ours, is that you have to have the right people, but also the right technology, you know, and I really, truly believe that we have the right people that are able to offer our patients the best care, but also we've got the best, latest technology. So this intraoperative MRI suite really allows us to, to make sure that we give our patients the best chance of the best outcome that we can give them. So in the case of a spinal cord tumor, the, the number one prognostic factor for survival 
is the extent of resection, so how much tumor we remove. And a lot of times, spinal cord tumors under a microscope, they look very similar to normal spinal cord tissue. And the spinal cord is very small and very thin. And so the, you know, the, you really aren't, there's not really a lot of margin for error. And the, with the intraoperative uh, MRI, once we, we, we are done under the microscope, looks like we've removed all the tumor, we can get an MRI. And really, that's another advantage, and it'll be, help us more to see if we've left any residual or any remaining tumor that we can just go back in and get since there's already exposure is done. We're already right there, and we can utilize that to make sure that our patients have the best chance of survival. We can utilize the same technology for epilepsy surgery to make sure our patients have the best chance of becoming seizure-free, and same for, for brain tumors as well. So it makes our uh, intraoperative MRI suite the only one of its kind in North America is the fact that it, while it houses uh, in, a, in a setting where we can get intraoperative, get uh, uh, outpatient MRI scans, it also is attached to two operating room suites. And what makes it unique is that we can have three rooms going at the same time, and one of the suites that has rails in the, on the ceiling, and so the patient can roll into the MRI when it's time to get an intraoperative MRI, and the other operating room, the MRI comes to the patient. And so this is really a unique way to be able to utilize the footprint that we have to have three rooms and two operating rooms going at the same time while we're able to get diagnostic MRI scans and utilizing one MRI to uh, knock out three birds in one stone, if you will. Honestly, thanks so much for breaking that down, Dr. Kibriaye. Um, so fa fascinating to hear about this new kind of cutting edge technology. But when you think about the next big step for this neurosurgery program, the next in the next coming months, the next year, are there any new technologies, anything else you're looking to implement to, to improve patient care as well? Well, absolutely. There, there's a lot of that, uh, exciting technology, some of which we've already offered. We're already offering our patients, and coupling that with the intraoperative MRI suite really will will take us to the next level and, and give us the, give our patients, you know, the, the, quite a bit more opportunity for, for better outcomes, even than what we were getting before. And one of those is using a robot, which we've been using uh, to implant seriotactic uh, electrodes deep into the brain to be able to study where the seizures are coming from. Uh, and then once we're able to study that, so we can really map out where seizures are coming from within a few millimeters. And once we're able to do that, um, and let me go back and just say that we can do that without making a single incision, which makes this really exciting. It's minimally yeah. invasive for the patient. Then we monitor them afterwards, and when they have seizures, we know exactly where those are coming from. And then we can meet as a group and go over where we think those seizures are coming from with really good accuracy, and then bring that patient to the intraoperative MRI suite remove that portion of the brain uh, safely uh, that we think is causing the seizures, get an MRI, make sure we removed exactly what we have planned to remove, and then that patient will have the best chance of, uh, of, of seizure freedom. Uh, and so that, that's one. And then also we, there's laser technology, laser interstitial thermotherapy, which is a mouthful, so we just call it LIT, uh, where we insert a fiber, uh, laser fiber, again, with a robot, this is a robot, into abnormal brain tissue, whether it be a tumor or an area where that causes uh, seizures. And we're able to, in real time, in our intraoperative MRI suite, heat that tissue up with our laser while making sure that we're not heating any normal tissue and destroy that tissue. And then we take that laser out and the patients usually go home the next day. So those are all really uh, exciting pieces of technology. And now with our new uh, intraoperative MRI, the, the picture is quite a bit better than what's, what's court, you know, quote unquote, the standard of care too, 
because with intraoperative MRIs or any kind of MRI, the size of the magnet really matters uh, as far as what kind of a quality of the picture. And so usually 1.5T is a standard of care for magnet, and ours is 3T. So really the picture we, we are getting with our new intraoperative MRI is like uh, you know looking at watching a football game on high def versus a, an analog cathode ray tube. So it's really a, a beautiful thing. Yeah, I appreciate the analogy there. I break it down in layman's terms for people like me. Um, really, really exciting. Thank you so much. Uh, I wanted to wrap up. One last question. I know, Dr. Kibra, you've been medical director, medical director of the neurosurgery program at Children's Minnesota, like you said, for the last year or so. Uh, for, for other emerging leaders stepping into similar medical director roles like yourself, whether in an orthopedic, spine, neurosurgery program, what are the keys to really building a, a comprehensive multidisciplinary team within that specialty? Is there anything that you'd recommend that they they kind of to kickstart that journey? Well, I, I think I think you uh, you mentioned that you hit the nail on the head. You really have to treat a patient in a comprehensive fashion. So you really have to collaborate uh, with with other teams and other experts in your area, and to make sure you've got the right people. I think that's the first step. And then once you have that, then you have to look at what you have as far as equipment to be able to offer your patients the best care uh, that you can as an institution. And so a lot of uh, a lot of healthcare systems, they have fantastic people, but they're really siloed. So I think collaborative care, like in the in the care of patients with uh, spinal cord tumors, having a neuro-oncologist and neuroradiologist, neuropathologist, neurosurgeon, neurologist on board discussing each patient to be able to custom tailor uh, you know their care and treatment plan for them, and care. And in terms of epilepsy, having a uh, epilepsy center where you have epileptologists, neurosurgeon, neuroradiologist, neuropsychologist, uh, and people that really can discuss those patients, and again be able to custom tailor the their treatment plan and, and come up with the best outcome. You you couple that with uh, cutting technology, and it really can offer patients the best care that you can. Another key to success in building a successful program is that a lot of healthcare systems in the United States are non-for-profit. So Children's Minnesota is a non-for-profit hospital system. And really to be able to have access to this technology and innovation, all these cost quite a bit of money, money that a hospital, a non-for-profit hospital, doesn't have on its own. And so another key to building a successful program, I would say for emerging leaders would be keeping a good line of communication open with your board and also your community and let your community know what you're doing and, and, and what great work you're doing so that they can be engaged in your hospital and in taking care of your patients. And, and a lot of times communities are very generous and they're happy to donate if they know it's going to a good cause to, to uh, bring better outcomes for patients. I think some excellent advice for emerging leaders there to wrap up on. Uh, Dr. Kibrae, thank you so, so much for, for taking the time to join the Becker's podcast. That I have certainly learned a lot, a lot of exciting things certainly happening uh, within the neurosurgery program at Children's Minnesota. I uh, look forward to connecting with you again down the line. Thanks for the opportunity. Very nice talking to you.